0: Hello and welcome to Jag Bags, a discussion of all things pop culture. I'm Mike Beyer. And I am Len Food. And welcome to the Weird Program. (laughs) You are listening live from the (laughs) studios in Woodridge, Illinois. I can't remember a more energetic crowd than the one we have tonight. For our recap episode, we are recording under extreme duress uh, as Game Five of the American League Division Series is uh, under rain delay. That means the pins and needles that I am on are at all-time levels. How can I even concentrate? This is the ultimate professionalism in my on my part to do this podcast with such. Uh, stakes in the balance but we're going to talk all things mlb playoffs we're going to talk the week that was in the nfl what a depressing weekend for both bears and browns fans we'll extend the misery there what a uplifting segment that will be uh we will talk i recommend it's our section where len and i recommend something to you it could be a book could be a record could be uh, an album uh, could be a movie, could be a houseplant. Uh, it could be a political speech. Anything. We will recommend it to you, the Jagbags listeners. Rolling Stones top five hundred albums of all time. You know, this is like a long epic novel that you just settle into <laughs> and read and just. Sit down with and ruminate. Beam is
1: the Leo Tolstoy of Jack Bag. I really
0: am. I'm just keeping, I'm milking this. This is the gun smoke of all uh, podcasts. Um, the Russian literature
1: part of our podcast.
0: And I tell you, so uh-huh. I will recommend, I have five albums for you. Five. And then Len, not to be outdone, will go through his own personal top 500 albums uh and present them to you and to me for comment hopefully not ridicule most likely I've never heard it in my life so uh so we're all going to be educated first, I'd say the
1: first 100 or so I do it might be like that yeah eventually you'll know them all I well, will I'm, 90 90 something percent of them
0: I enjoyed last week's uh, Rachel Yamaguta? Yamagata. 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 I enjoyed yeah. that uh, that record. Oh yeah, so you I listened heard. to it? Yes, I did. Yeah.
1: So, doesn't listen. she sound
0: like Fiona Apple, though? She does a little bit. Yeah. Yes, yeah.
1: yeah. not in every song, but there's a few where you're like, I think if you did a blind listen test, a lot of people would think it was Fiona Apple. Yeah,
0: you you're not exactly sure. Yeah. Anyway, that's the program. Um, Let's get right to the MLB playoffs, which are pretty much set. There's only one series left. Before before we get to the Guardians-Yankees, let's talk about the other three series. Can I say something real quick about the Guardians-Yankees? Let's Let's just do Guardians-Yankees. Who cares about that? Just because
1: there was a a tweet. (laughs) Guardians fans having PTSD seeing a tarp over a field in the do or die game
0: <laughs> uh, at least it's not the tenth inning, I suppose. Uh, yeah, and it's not the World Series, and it's not the World Series, but yes i I did get a deja vu. I was like, oh, great, a rain delay well yeah but there's a difference there uh, The difference being is that yeah when. The rain delay. I don't know. I I speak for a lot of Cleveland fans when I said, "Well, if they don't score in the bottom of the ninth, the Cubs are going to win this game," and that's mm-hmm. what happened. Yeah. And then the rain delay just kind of put off the inevitable. Um, so, I to me, that was a foregone conclusion. It was I was not like, "Oh, we got this, we got this, we got this." Um, yeah. It was like, "That was our chance." It didn't happen. Um, mm-hmm. And then the rain um that's that's how i felt. i know i know a lot of uh, fans felt like that but still this yes, the atmosphere of the rain delays served to what'd you do during the rain delay in the
2: <laughs> i put the kids to bed i was like upstairs my kids were pretty little they're already already in bed i probably yeah. just sat
1: there like it's such a. I. I am again. I'm always amazed that I've gotten through that. <laughs> Me and Oaken somehow got through that whole series.
0: The way I'm getting. Uh, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just saying the way I'm getting through this series, because there is it's a, like a mental slog. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's up and down, and it's. Uh, you know, there's been three, I would say, really, like, taught, very exciting games. And I can't stand Bob Costas and Ron Darling. I just can't stand Yeah. Just <laughs> cannot deal. And uh, and it's funny because I was <laughs> a theater, and all the Yankees fans are saying the same thing. The Yankee fans hate Bob Costas and Ron Darling, too. I so, think,
1: you know what happens, though, when you're that invested? See, I, I'm rooting for the Guardians, but I'm not you. I'm not I didn't grow up in Cleveland or anything. So yeah. I'm I'm detached enough where they don't really bother me. Right. But I think when it's your team, yes, those little annoying things they do are just they're magnified <laughs> times worse when you're you know you're stressfully watching this game and you're like, shut up.
0: <laughs> oh the, uh, the the breaking point for me was when Bob Costa said, and I'm only slightly paraphrasing here. Is when he said Jose Ramirez is a great hitter, but he's also like really lucky. And I was like, "That's it. I'm turning this off. It's, I've had it." So I've been watching. Yeah, it. On he's mute. only like the third best player in the league. Yeah. So. Yeah. So I've been uh, I've been watching it on mute, and it's a lot better. And I I kind of pace, <laughs> and that's how I'm getting through it. <laughs> that's
1: why I hope the Guardians win, so That's worth your troubles. But I mean. So yesterday, disappointing. I didn't get to see it at all because I was playing basketball. Yeah. yeah. But the Oscar Gonzalez game again, man. Oh, that was amazing. That was, a, that was a good pitch, too. Yeah. That was like a, right where the – I can't imagine the Yankees pitcher. I'm sure he, he threw it exactly where wanted I wanted mean, to. And he still got a
2: – Incredible. Hit. Incredible. Yeah. And so through the, uh, let's and hope the draw game in
1: five the, is another Oscar Gonzalez game winner. So or a fifteen to nothing win for the Guardians, which would be less stressful for you.
0: Uh sometimes those are more stressful though because you're like, oh, don't blow this fifteen. To <laughs> <nothing>. <laughs> hey, there's no way they stress no matter this. what. I guess <laughs> it's so stressful.
1: <laughs> biggest biggest comeback loss in history. Yeah, that's that's how it works when you're a Cubs fan or a guardians fan when you've been (laughs) traumatized (laughs) by so many painful losses
2: it doesn't matter what the lead is i guess oh my god yeah but i mean go ahead i
0: was gonna say that that uh that gonzalez game was thrilling thrilling
2: yeah it was amazing outstanding Mm -hmm. that's glad i got uh, to see that one
0: That's up there with Sandy Alomar hitting the home run off Mariano Rivera. Um, The Midge, the famous Midge game where all the Midge's crawled all over Jobit Chamberlain and drove him batty, and the Indians won that. Um, And then the famous Jan Gomes game uh, where they were – Are you talking about a
1: legendary pitch framer,
0: Jan Gomes? Jan Gomes who handles a pitch – Current Chicago Cub. Pitching staff unlike any other. He was the hero. No one remembers that game because the the Indians blew the next three. But um, that was right up there. Um. Yeah. Unfortunately, yesterday. You know, Quantrill, or AKA, um, you know, Cy Young. Mm -hmm. um, He (laughs) he didn't pitch all that badly, honestly. He just, he, his weakness apparently is Harrison Bader.
1: Yeah, they can't, they can't lose to Harrison Bader. If they're yeah. going to lose to the Yankees, let it be Rizzo, please. Not Harrison Bader.
0: Right. Quantrill yeah. does fine with All Judge. people.
1: And, don't give up homers to him.
0: Yeah, he does fine with Judge and Stanton and Torres. And then he gets to Harrison Bader and it's like, oh, I didn't realize I was going against Joe DiMaggio. Yeah. The so, I guess every great pitcher has their Achilles heel. <laughs> the finest undone by Harrison.
1: <laughs> so but, mad! I'm so mad when I didn't see it, but I was looking at I, I like would look on my phone in between games, like fucking Harrison Bader. Yeah,
0: <laughs> and Cole was Cole was very good, and I, you know, I think there were a couple of situations where the Guardians would get something going, and then you know they they bring up guys to the plate and this guy Arius Francona's starting him at first base Arius has had he's he's appeared in exactly 40 big league games and he's a shortstop and an outfielder his first his first game of first base is in game 3 of the ALCS i'm like all right Francona i bet you, i could see Francona going to Arius me like hey what do you think about first base he's like got it no problem <laughs> I can do it, man. Yeah. Yeah. I can stretch.
1: Uh, Who who do you think benefits more if they play tomorrow instead of tonight? Who knows? I mean. Do you think it's the gives the guardians, maybe they switched their starting pitcher?
0: That's a great question because Bieber would get an extra day's rest. The way Francona's got it set up is that his bullpen is totally rested Mm -hmm. because he pitched Quantrill. And then he, instead of going to his usual rotations, he brought in weird guys. He brought in Morgan, who gave up a run, a key run. Um, it, well, it turned out they still lost 4-2, to so it wouldn't have mattered. Um, then he brought in Morris, whom I really liked, and he pitched two scoreless innings. And they brought in Pleszak for the ninth. Mm-hmm. And Pleszak pitched great, really well. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. Francona is the, – the plan tonight was hope Savale goes like five, maybe six strong innings and then get it to that bullpen, get it to De Los Santos, Karinchak, and Klaze. He might even go Klaze. It'd be great if an extra day because then Francona might feel better about having Klaze try and get the six out, say. And Bieber might be available for an inning um but you don't have said, another starter
1: would, who could start instead of that guy
0: because very good yeah no they're not but in Savali's favor he just can't since he came off the dl he's actually been very good yeah he pitched pretty good against the socks in that in that crucial series so i'm not, I've, I've always liked Savali. i the thing is, he's making his first career playoff start. They all are, so who cares? Yeah, you know, um, yeah. it's not like we're going to Bieber with a ton of experience or yeah, such so much amazing postseason experience. I say
2: roll the dice. The kids have gotten you this far. Yeah, I mean that's that's true. And I will get to watch the World Series this year because I figure
1: if the Phillies or Padres are in it, I could root for them, even though I hate Hater.
2: Right. But, so I'm leaning more Phillies because Schwarber.
0: Mm-hmm. And we saw them on Jagbags night. Yeah. I yep. just saw them. If you told me then, after the Cubs spanked them, <laughs> that they, they, they would be in the uh, NLCS, I'd be like, oh.
1: Well, you know, it's funny. I was thinking about that today. The Cubs swept them, and the Padres get home field because of that. Right. So if the the Phillies could have played better against the Cubs, they'd be playing the NLCS at home. So the Cubs did have have an impact on the end of the season. And it's Jagbag's night to thank, let's be honest. Oh, come on. if the Padres win the World Series, they better send us a ham
0: or something, something nice. Oh, Schwarber was widely quoted in the papers saying they were pressing too hard that night because it was jagged back <laughs> and uh, so much pressure. There's a lot of pressure they put on themselves, yeah
1: but and the Guardians also have to win because they have to beat the Astros too. Oh, because I don't want the Yankees or the Astros to be in there. I know. And how excruciating, excruciating it is to lose game three if you're the Mariners because you can't get a run in 18 innings.
2: That's just a horrible way to go out.
0: You know, it's funny because,
2: you know, because I was like, you know, following
0: that game and, you know, with the Rays-Guardians game, it was kind of like this, like, inertia, this horrific inertia where you're just kind of going through the motions of playing baseball. Mm -hmm. No one's scoring. Mm -hmm. No, every like I said, every hit is a crisis. But it's like, you know, it's kind of the same thing over and over again. It's like, what is the point of all this? We're not like we're just kind of hitting the ball around and throwing it around, and nothing's happening.
1: You know what I've noticed this year in the playoffs? Not a lot of bad swings. Mm -hmm. I feel like the guys have a better sense of the strike zone, even though the offense isn't that good. But there's not a lot of strikeouts. I felt like there used to be more strikeouts where guys just were completely fooled or they would swing at a terrible pitch. Right. I just think the teams that are in it this year they're more disciplined.
0: I felt Naylor looked bad. It's funny because right before Gonzalez got the base hit, I felt Naylor was badly fooled on a couple of oh
1: yeah, Naylor did have it. I remember that. But overall, though, I feel like
0: there's a lot less of that. I agree. Last night, Cole. You know, Francona pinch hit for Hedges, who can't hit at all. And he sent some other rookie who's had like a grand total of like, you know, 45 plate appearances. Yeah. And Cole, Cole just, I mean, struck him out on three pitches, all 98 mile an hour fastballs. Guy could not, you know, I was like, well, yeah, you know, Ernie Clement perhaps might have been the better. Uh, yeah, well, in that situation, but we make our own beds, don't we, Len? Yeah, we, yeah. Uh,
1: well, let's hope the guard. It'd be great if the Guardians won tonight. Yeah, took care of the Gar- Took care of the Astros.
2: Now that would be a World Series.
0: Guardians, Padres would be fun. Guardians, uh, Phillies would be great. Um, just feel the tradition of Guardians Phillies. Just feel the tradition. <laughs> or Guardians Padres. But that's the Guardians, I mean, break the streak, though. That'd be exciting. Oh, my God. I mean, incredible. Yeah. It'd be incredible. Um. All right. Anything else on the
2: playoffs? No, that's it.
0: Oh, now we have to talk about the NFL. <laughs> <laughs> you go first.
2: The Bears. Losing. They lost
0: on Thursday night to the Washington Commanders. Score yes. the final score was 12 to 7.
2: Yes. And okay, so Justin Fields. Everybody just talks about him only. But the one thing I hated that he did in the game was he had
1: the tight end wide open, easy touchdown. Those are those are you can't miss those. And he even admitted that.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And, like, I guess Keyshawn Johnson said that tight end was running scared, and that's why he didn't catch it. I'm like, Fields threw it nowhere near him. I'm like, what are you talking about? Did the tight end run away from the ball? Like, he was running towards it. It was just a horrible pass. I mean, Fields could have just stood flat-footed and flipped it, and he would have had a touchdown. He was that open. So that part, okay, he can't do that. He's got to
2: complete the easy ones. But – He made some really good plays. It's that scramble at the end of the game where he got to the five yard line. I could not believe how fast he ran. That was incredible. Yeah. And then they should
1: have won. He threw a pass to Pettis who dropped it. Yep. Even though Pettis said he was interfered with, I'm like, yeah, but the pass was in your hands. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. Catch it. Game's over. And then Mooney, who's our best receiver and usually makes those plays, he bobbles it and then he catches it. And even, the, I don't even know if that would have been called a catch. They said it was, but it didn't even look like he caught that in bounds and he was short of the goal line. But if he catches it initially, the Bears would probably win. Right. And, you know, I felt like Fields made enough plays where they should have won that game. I'm not saying he played a great game. Oh, he also he had that pass to Pettis. That was a great pass too. He he did make some plays. So I feel like you read the pay. I mean, I always read the paper and some of these other articles. These guys gotta play better. Mooney, this is probably the first time I ever got mad at Mooney. Because he's been a big, I mean, he was like a fifth round pick. So he's he's been a big surprise the years he's been on the
2: Bears. But these other guys, you know, catch the ball. Offensive line needs to play a lot better. The offensive line was really bad. And the coaching, fourth down and goal, the commander's defensive line, the whole game, has been stopping them when they try to run up the middle.
1: So what do they do? They run up the middle. (laughs) I'm like, have you guys been watching the game? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like their two best defenders are these defensive linemen and we couldn't run up the middle when we ran to the outside guess what if you're gonna get soft to fourth and goal at least do a play that has a better chance of working that you that you've run successfully i mean the the, the the pass to the tight end was a perfect play it just feels just incomplete, right. but running up the middle hadn't worked the whole day so yeah you know do do something else try to get to the outside or do a uh, run pass option with fields. You can't. You can't just run it up the middle. Our, our offensive line has not did not show that game. They they usually block pretty well in the run, but they were very very bad that game. I mean, Herbert had one really good run, but that was all him almost. He just broke tackles and got that big sixty four yard run. I think we didn't score because of that either. <laughs>
2: just a. Frustration fest. Yeah. So, you, you feel it's like missed opportunities or are they, they could have scored the Bears, could have scored 28 points. It's the red zone. They couldn't score in the red zone. Yeah. They should have, they should have won a game 28 to 12 or whatever. It,
1: and, uh, cause the defense played well. The only reason the commanders scored is because.
2: Vellas, I think his name's Vellis Jones. He fumbled again on a punt. Guys fumbled twice already. He's he actually made a couple of nice plays on offense, but two fumbled punts and he's you know
1: six games into the season. And both of them been costly. Is that
2: got the commander's only touchdown, and then he I think it was I don't know if it was the Vikings game where he fumbled and that was it, because he fumbled. So to just focus only on fields is kind of ridiculous, I think. I mean, I get it. You want him to show progress, but I thought he played well enough for them to win this game. Yeah. But I thought people yelling about him is, was a little too much for me. I feel like more and more, it's like
0: that the, the offensive line is the first thing that's got to get fixed you got to get fields comfortable back there.
2: Yeah. It was really bad.
0: That's one, like I didn't watch the game, um, but just from the reading and I watched the highlights, it just, how can you be comfortable? How can you, you know, make plays if you're just under duress all the time?
2: Yeah, it's, I I think we said this before, but They've
1: blocked for the run pretty well up till mm-hmm. yeah. last game, yeah. Yeah. but they can't pass block. Yeah. So they got to, and then they, they're they playing the Patriots next. And the Patriots defense has been really good. Ooh. So I'm not looking forward to that one. They were talking about, they, they picked up some guy who was like a first round bust. And you're like, well, maybe they'll start him. I'm like, you think that's going to change? a sudden, so this guy's going to be good. <laughs> Because he was a first rounder and was bad, and now I don't know. I don't like when they start flailing like that. It's like just you got to figure something else out. Yeah. Maybe just do shotguns and roll fields out more, so that that's what I say. They don't they don't know where to come? You know, I, you need more deception
2: in your play calling. I agree. Yeah. A little more imagination. Mm-hmm. But that's yeah. enough, Bears. What
0: happened with the Browns Uh, played the Patriots? Yeah. So my brother and my dad and my brother-in-law were at the game, and they said the the highlight of the game was Browns and Patriots fans both chanting together at the end of the game, F the Yankees. (laughs) The The highlight of the game. (laughs) That's great. Um, yeah, the Patriots defense I mean, it's a Bill Belichick defense, and so they were ready. I mean, the Browns have the best rushing attack in in the league, and they could do nothing. Chubb or Hunt did nothing against you know. uh the Patriots, and so they just stacked the they just stacked the line and dared Jacoby Brissett to beat them. And, um, you know, Brissett was horrific. He, like, he he threw two bad interceptions, and he fumbled. And, um, I mean, they had four turnovers, and you're just not going to win. You're never going to beat the Patriots if you have four turnovers. Um, Did you watch the game? No, I watched uh, watched highlights.
2: Um, I
1: wonder their quarterback, how their quarterback is, because he played well. Bailey,
0: oh, Brissette? Or...
1: No, the Patriots quarterback. Bailey's that he was lights out. Never heard of him.
0: Their third string quarterback.
1: Yeah. And the Bears got a long rest before they play them. They don't play till Monday.
2: So they'll have almost a week and a half. So if you have a week and a half to prepare against,
1: granted, the Patriots defense is good, but they're a three and three team. Mm hmm. So, pressure's on the Bears coaching staff to figure something out for that game.
0: Yeah, I the mean, if you
1: can't find something, some weaknesses for that long a time, that doesn't look good for your coaching staff.
0: Yeah, the question is whether this guy Zappy is like the new Tom Brady, like a guy, someone off the scrap heap that Belichick is will mold into a, you know, a winner or whether he's just lucky because uh, he's undefeated and not only that, he's playing great. So, you know, he looked, he looked uh, pretty unstoppable according to uh, my, uh, my men on the ground. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Unable to uh, completely unable to stop uh, uh, him. So, you know, but your, the Brown's division
2: continues to struggle. The Ravens yeah. keep throwing games away. I know. So the Browns aren't out of it. Nope. They've just got to. Um, no, they've just got to. Basically, I mean, the defense.
0: They've got to figure out the defense, um, because, I mean, it, they they were, they were carved up by the Patriots' uh, passing attack. -hmm. And you know you can't give up 38 points in the NFL and expect to win many games. And they've got the Ravens next week, and I mean Lamar Jackson's been he got off to an amazing start, but he's been a lot more mortal. And they can make things a whole lot better if they can beat you know the and the you know the Ravens aren't really exactly scaring anybody. So no, and their confidence
1: has to be shaky now,
0: considering how poorly they've how the poor their record is. I know, and they they've blown three leads and did not look good against the Giants. So they're hoping they can like relax against the Browns a little bit They're like we can beat them cuz they're the Browns. So if for whatever reason they can the Browns can come out and say, you know, we're not sucking today. We're not we're not going to suck. It's going to be good. Um you know, the defense is going to remember how to cover people. That'd be good. And, uh, and it'd be great if the line could open holes for Chubb and, and Hunt. Um, Hunt's been not good. Yeah. I've noticed that. The
1: Chubb's had a lot of good games, but Hunt hasn't really been a factor.
0: He really hasn't.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, yeah. You know, he, he wanted to get traded and he wanted a new contract and then decided to report. So maybe he's just half giving a half effort and he's, all the best case, get him out of there and put Johnson in. Johnson was pretty good last year and, mm. um, in limited uh duty. Like he looked really good. Yeah. So yeah, get more Johnson, less hunt. Mm. Um and Brissett, uh, you know, he's just you know, he's kind of like Brian Hoyer, like you know, he's not gonna really scare anybody and mm-hmm. you know he's you know, we're just kind of like hope, hopefully hold the fort until we get uh, the lightning rod back. I mean, Deshaun Watson. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. So you
1: guys need your defense to be better so that you can just work, focus on running game and holding the other team down to try to stay competitive until you get
0: Watson. Yeah. Controlling the clock. Yeah. We'll see. We will see. Yeah. Meantime, go guard. Uh, uh,
2: oh, some <laughs> other NFL stuff. Chiefs Bills game was get really good. Yeah, and
1: watching good quarterbacks, even though it wasn't that high scoring of a game. And Tony Romo even said that he said this is not going to be a high scoring game. And of course, he was right. But even with the low score, Mahomes and Allen both made Allen made two great passes, and Mahomes made one where you just kind of weep a little bit because you're like, I'm never going to see a Bears quarterback do that. Allen dropped in two perfect passes. Those touchdown passes, those were perfectly in stride. Just dropped right in the receiver's hands without them breaking stride. Impressive. And then Mahomes threw a touchdown pass. The guy wasn't even open. He just kind of winged it in there, and the guy was almost like surprised the ball was there. So, I mean, it was disappointing that the Chiefs lost. Mahomes
2: threw two picks in one game. That never happened.
0: Well, who's, uh, that's because Nagy's around. Yeah, I blame Nagy, of course. But
2: they, uh, you know, they, they might meet again, these two in the
1: playoffs. I'd be surprised. You watched watch the, the Chiefs and the Bills play, and you're like, okay, these are the good teams in the NFL. I haven't really watched the Eagles play, even though they won again last night. So I don't really have an opinion on them yet. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Vikings and the Giants are both five and one. I don't think either of those teams are good. <laughs> like the Bears should have beat both of them. I know one score games. And I, I was not impressed with either, even though the Vikings had Jefferson, but I'm like, how are these two teams? That's it's just, that's just how the NFL is right now. Right. And Tampa Bay lost. So there was a good thing that happened in the NFL. And the Packers, the Packers <laughs> lost. The Packers lost to the Jets by I think 17 in Lambeau. And <laughs> Aaron Rodgers keeps saying stuff like <laughs> who's breaking rank? <laughs>
2: Just saying weird stuff like that. <laughs> what are
1: you talking about? Who's breaking rank? You're nuts, man. And, I mean, if if Aaron Rodgers can't beat the Jets in Lambeau, they might
2: be really in trouble. I, I couldn't believe that. I was like, you're kidding me.
0: Maybe the Jets are that good. I don't think so. No.
2: I
1: think the Packers just he doesn't have anyone to throw to. Right. And their defense isn't as good as it normally is. Delightful. Right. It'd be great. I would love a... can you imagine because like Packers were like six and 11 or something?
0: Ha ha ha. Rodgers would be even more Love in, it. He would be even more in.:
3: broke rank.
1: What does that even
0: mean? (laughs) The man's into psychedelics, B. (laughs) He does his own medical research. His ayahusha. I I have my own (laughs) (laughs) He's
1: insane. Come do psychedelics with me so you don't break rank. Come on. Please join me and Randall Cobb
0: in the LSD tent. I think Rogers is permanently on psychedelics. He's out of his mind.
2: (laughs) I was just, I was reading those quotes. I was like, wow. (laughs) I'm like,
0: you're not in the military. He's either taking too many shots to the head or acid.
1: Yeah. And and last week he was like, do not
2: voice that we might lose. What are you (laughs) talking about?
0: He's reading too many. I did
2: see him at O'Hare in the self-help section, so maybe that's part of
1: it. I was like, do you need help, sir? He's like, no, I've got it.
0: And then then you called him a bunch of names. I know you did. (laughs) I was like,
1: wait a minute. (laughs) I couldn't because I'm a professional, but I wanted to.
0: (laughs) There's a bookstore code. Yeah.
2: Anyways. Now we move to I recommend. Yes. Why don't you start beef
0: All right. Mine is a movie. It's a or a film or a documentary. And um the name of the documentary it was uh, put out in 2015. I don't know if you've seen this. Maybe you have. Um, the name of the documentary is called Drunk Stoned Brilliant Dead. No, I wanted to though. It's the, uh, it's the story of the National Lampoon Mm -hmm. uh, magazine. Very good. Uh, super interesting. Um, and it just really just basically, uh, it's basically the story of National Lampoon. And, uh, the, um, the, the people who are interviewed, I mean, it's like a who's who. It's, uh, they interview Chevy Chase, um. Uh, John Goodman, Billy Bob Thornton, um, PJ O'Rourke, Judd Apatow, Tim Matheson, Kevin Bacon, um, Belushi's Widow, Ivan Reitman, um, just to name a few. And uh, and it basically just takes you from the founding of the magazine by uh, Doug Kenny and uh, Henry Beard, two Harvard grads. Doug Kenny is probably best known. Did you ever see um, the movie about uh, National about Kenny and National Lampoon? I think it was called A Feudal and Stupid Gesture. No, no, no. I thought it was okay. I know all about the
2: story because it was in the Caddyshack book, a lot of it.
0: Yeah, it was. Um, so um there's a lot of in addition to like the magazine stuff and how that got started. There's also a lot of it was so popular that they um started doing live shows. Um they formed a comedy troupe, and that's where they, you know, found Belushi and Chevy Chase and Bill Murray and Brian Doyle Murray and all the second city people. And then they were doing radio. And then they all got hired by Saturday Night Live, mm-hmm. so they they covered all that, and then they uh, went out and conquered, uh, um, you know, L.A. and did Animal House and and Caddyshack and um and just talked about how, um, you know, their approach to, they they really did a great job of like explaining wh- why they were so popular from the beginning, and I think it was just they said a lot of things that people thought, but dared not say. And they put it in a magazine and college kids went nuts for it. Cause they were like, mm. oh, I've been growing up, you know, in a, you know, very rigid home. And here's this hilarious magazine that is, uh, says the craziest things. And there's like nude, there's nudity. I didn't realize how much nudity was. in that. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I knew just for the <laughs> just for the heck of it I'm just for to put some naked <laughs> girls in here and uh some great quotes uh and beats was like um she said you know how did i make it to sarah night live well i made it on my back <laughs> and, uh, like she just <laughs> just came out and said it <laughs> wow. and uh What's it on? Where'd you watch it? Amazon Prime.
2: Amazon Prime.
0: Yeah. Um, very very well done. Um, the O'Donoghue stuff is great. A lot of the stuff you'll uh recognize. Chevy Chase talks about a few bits that he did with Belushi. Mm-hmm. That was great. Really great. Um, and so just some insights into Michael O'Donoghue's personality, Doug Kenny's personality. Um just what a crazy environment. The last thing I'll say about it was they focused a lot on the art direction of the magazine which I thought was cool and how they really started to take off once they got an art director who's like you need to make it look like an actual magazine. So they did a, a spoof issue of Mademoiselle where they had their models pretending to leap off buildings and, <laughs> uh, you know, tied to railroad tracks. <laughs> and, uh, but it looked, they they said, you know, you're, you're trying to go for this groovy trippy kind of sixties thing, but no, you've got to take the satire all the way. And that includes making fun of the look of magazines. Yeah. And uh, then they made fun of time and they made fun of, Sports Illustrated they had national lampoon that looked like Sports Illustrated and it was like blind umpires th- uh, the you know the next wave of the future and uh you no know, and it, it looked like an actual sport an issue of Sports Illustrated um so I recommend it uh, very good drunk stoned brilliant dead okay
2: my, I recommend is feeding goats at the Brookfield zoo.
0: <laughs> Let's talk about the Brookfield zoo.
2: We
1: went there yesterday. Very fun time. Cause it was boo at the zoo
0: mm-hmm.
1: and Darby
2: wanted to go. Yep. Cause there was a possibility of treats. We only got a couple treats, but it was, you know, it was fun. It's really fun actually. And there are a couple, of, well, it was both the the highlights, the highlight of it was there's a, a I don't know
1: what it's called. It's like a play zoo. We only just spend a couple bucks because we're members to get in. And we'd been there, we'd been in it before. There's like wallabies who are out. Right. Wallabies just hang out. And I knew that because we'd gone there before, but it's still funny. You're, like, walking around this track, and they're just sitting there.
3: Hey, how's
1: it going? (laughs) We're just going to hang out over here. I always – it's always interesting when animals just are comfortable with humans. They don't even flinch when they're around them. So there there was two things that were really cool in there. One was you could buy, like, a little stick with some bird food on it. And then just go in there with your stick and wait for a bird to eat it. And it took a while. It took like 10, 15 minutes. But they finally started eating one bird off of Darby's. She's all amazed. And uh, I did it a little bit, too. And it is good. <laughs> they're just gnawing at your the food on your stick. And so that was fun. And then we went to this other area where there were goats. And I'm like, oh, cool, you know. And all the goats were out. I was like, go, what Wait you mean? These goats are wandering around <laughs> with yeah. us." And maybe I just didn't know about it. But they—you can even you can get a, a brush. You get like this scrub brush, and you can like pet the goats. And they don't—they don't care. They just let you pet them. They just hang out with you. They're, I didn't—I never thought goats were that mellow. I didn't think they were dangerous, but I didn't think they
0: were killer goats.
1: No, but I thought they were I didn't I didn't think they were that calm, I guess. Right. But maybe that's how they train them so that when the kids go to this part of the zoo, then they can just pet them and do all, you know.
0: They give them the special the-, the special Aaron Rodgers water. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. I guess so but they didn't start yelling about breaking grain. That was <laughs> but yeah, it was it was really fun. And it it made me miss having a dog Mm. because it was like, it was like hanging out with a dog. Mm -hmm. Like they, there, there was these younger people just just sat down in a corner and the pets were, I mean, the goats were walking over to them and they were just hanging out. It was, it was like having a, a, being at a dog park. So I thought that was really, really cool.
0: So uh, there'll be a goat in your backyard anytime. (laughs) (laughs) yeah laura if laura was
1: with us she probably would have wanted to take a goat home (laughs) like i said though it did make me miss having a dog because they're they're totally acting like dogs funny i want to be around humans pet me all you want i'm gonna hang out with you guys because i enjoy your company (laughs) the cool goats at the brookfield zoo that's my i recommend
0: i love it i love it the brookfield zoo is like world renowned like it's a very famous
1: yeah, we have, we've had a membership for a long time now, and yeah. it's really evolved from when we used to go there and be there all day, but not really do specific zoo stuff. <laughs> we'd be at the playground, right. or we'd be in, it's called the play zoo, but it's basically just the kids are playing with uh, stuffed animals, and like they call it the animal hospital and things like that. But now the kids more want to see the animals, so it's more, it's more fun instead of just sitting there for eight hours waiting on them to get tired. You right. guys are ready to go yet?
2: Nope. All
0: right. <laughs> uh, before we uh, before we get to Rolling Stone, uh, a little quick news break. the Tonight's Guardians-Yankees game five officially canceled, and they'll we'll pick up on
2: Tuesday the uh, –
0: tuesday the 18th so three o'clock yeah. start. so, we'll, so see, call, we'll see. call on sick beef right i don't feel i'm gonna i ought to i already uh, am uh not going to feel well around three o'clock <laughs> heard it here first feeling wow. very very uh covidy i can't possibly be bothered um <laughs> gotta
1: work on your excuses beef I really do. I feel COVID, I feel y Is
0: that bad? Is that bad?
1: <laughs>
2: yeah, that's bad. <laughs>
0: People will be like, oh, yes, of course, Mike. Oh, God. Oh. Um,
2: I'll have to run home and watch it, Beef.
0: Yeah.
2: You'll probably see the second half of the game.
0: Yeah, Hopefully, it'll be 15 to nothing, and then I'll just be yeah. a total wreck. I'll just, just end it now. Just cancel <laughs> it. 15 to nothing. You're not going to come back.
1: And you, don't, you won't even get a break. If the Guardians win, bam, back to it the next day. Next day,
0: day yeah. right to Houston.
2: Yeah. The hated Houston.
1: And it's, you guys are playing the – if you win tomorrow, you could have the great accomplishment of destroying two baseball Satans in one
0: postseason. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. One that Satan at a time.
1: Fantastic.
0: One Satan at a time. We're so close. Yeah. Um, before we get to Rolling Stone, if you had told me at the beginning of the year when we did our MLB preview episode, you had said, and the Guardians will be in game five of the ALDS against the Yankees. I'd be like, what a season.
3: Wow. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yay.
0: Yeah. So, but to- you really want them to win now. I know, they're, right? They're, they're so playing close. so well, too. It's, it's, not, it's not a fluke. They're just a good team. They're, they're playing super well. Super well. So you want them to finish the job tomorrow. Exactly. They will,
2: Len. Yeah, I do think a day of rest helps, though, because now I feel like there's a little more pressure. There's pressure, more pressure on the Yankees, anyways, because the Yankees are the big, big budget team. They're playing at home, and they don't want to lose to this young upstart team.
1: So, I think the Guardians are going to feel if they can score early, put the pressure on them, yeah, and the Guardians have the lights out closer that the Yankees don't
0: I think, yeah, if the pressure increases, you you'll be able to feel Yankee fans' frustration as well, yeah, because yeah. Uh, I went on Twitter after the game three, and Yankee fans were just it was fantastic. <laughs> so amazing. <laughs> Loved it. Yeah. Um but they're really down on this. For whatever reason, this year's team is not they everyone's down on the They won 99 games, but compare them to the Cubs since the star break, the Cubs had a much better record in the second half of the season than the Yankees. The Yankees barely finished with a 500 record in the second half of the season. So it can be done.
2: Anyway. Yeah, I mean, getting to the Yankees bullpen, the, the Yankees bullpen isn't good.
0: That's the key. That's why last night was frustrating, because we had Cole on the ropes, and he was tough, and he responded, and he pitched into the seventh. Yeah. That was, that was very frustrating. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Um, no for that reason, because they had used all their bullpen the night before. So it was like, Oh, we have a chance, but yeah. Oh, well. Um, the guardians also have a history of after like a big win, they have a letdown. Hmm. They've been like that all season long. Um, so anyway, um, can we move on to Rolling Stones top 500. Yep. All right. Once again, welcome to my luxurious uh, the immersion into the albums as contained in Rolling Stone's Top 500. I go through these at, in painstaking detail and then relate them to you, the Jag Bags listeners. Um, we're at number 284. And this is a box set um what are your takes on box sets in
2: rolling stones top 500
1: uh only read it. so i know which i look i kind of looked last week because i i saw what was coming up for you yeah if it's the only one you pick for them okay right if you just want to represent this guy all yeah. right i'm fine with it but you can't have their a box set of theirs and then pick two or three of their other albums too. I don't, I think that's too much.
0: I agree. And you know what? I mean, a a box set for Merle Haggard um, is I'll definitely take it because I'm a big Merle Haggard fan. And um, you know, I think a four disc set, that is a lot. Mm -hmm. And honestly, I think his sixties and seventies stuff are better than his eighties and nineties. So, I would for this one, probably if it was just like his greatest hits from like 62 to like 75, I'd be like, this should be much higher. Um, because Merle Haggard's almost like, I mean, he influenced guys like John Mellencamp and, uh, you know, kind of that Americana as well as, um, country singers. I mean, his, um, you know, he, he crossed a lot of lines and definitely blurred, uh, the, um, you know, the delineation between country music and rock music. Um, and, uh, so, um, and the lyrics are great. And, uh, so, but if if you're going to include his eighties and nineties stuff, then I think 284 is probably a good spot. Um, are you, are you a Merle Haggard fan at all? I didn't really know. I remember when I when I did mine,
1: Rolling Stone Top 500, back in the early 2000s. Enough. You? Stop it.
0: You were all impressed that I listened to the whole thing. That's right. You did. That's right. Now but it gonna...
2: does have his greatest song,
0: Leonard.
1: <laughs>
0: uh, I like listening to it.
1: I
2: can't, I mean, I don't know him that well, but I, I, I enjoyed it. Um, I, don't, yeah. I don't go deep into Merle Haggard or anything.
0: We should do a Merle Haggard episode and have our uh, friend Bruce uh, Hollett on. He is a gigantic Merle Haggard
1: thing. He is no longer allowed on jag Bags <laughs> for purposely Saying the name of Franklin Sampson incorrectly, he is no longer allowed in the building. I have Morg on the case.
0: Morg, no, Oh no. No, no, allowed. Oh, he's really crossed the line. If Morg oh, is involved, Morg is on it. So, oh no, Bruce needs to reconsider his comments. <laughs> Bruce, Bruce will be in a cave right now hiding. Once uh, now that Morg <laughs> is like knocking on his door. Saying, hey. Morg
2: is watching. Just tell him that.
0: <laughs> That's enough to give anyone pause. <laughs> All right. Uh, the next album I have is 283. The artist is Donna Summer, and the album is Bad Girls. Um, excellent record. Um and uh hot stuff is the great i hot stuff's my favorite on this one um and bad girls is also excellent and uh yeah do do you know the song sunset people yeah yeah that's a great great song um and uh so i think i don't know donna summer's got a great voice mm-hmm. and she really tapped into the whole disco um you know, uh, you know, genre, and made herself the queen of disco. And I think any top five hundred list has to have Donna Summer album in there. Um, I don't know if it's this high. Uh, maybe it's because I've heard all these songs way too much. I'm sick of them. Maybe yeah, put, bad maybe girls. I think
1: I'm almost still tired of bad girls and hot stuff. Oh yeah,
0: and I really like
1: Donna Summer, but I, if I'm going to listen to her, I'd rather hear like Heaven Knows and Last Dance and. I feel yeah. love stuff like that.
0: Sunset people, bad girls
1: and hot stuff, man. I heard those
2: songs too eight much. billion times right. when I was a kid. Yes, yeah, yeah, too much. Um, two eighty
0: two, Frank Sinatra in the wee small hours. Um, are you a Frank? What, have we talked about Frank Sinatra? We have,
1: we have. When I when I listen to this one, and I like them. Yeah, I'm not like I. I don't even I like him but I don't know tons of his stuff yeah so something like this was new to me I mean I know his big songs and I like him enough where I have I have a playlist of some of his stuff my dad had my dad my parents weren't like big music fans but my dad had a Sinatra double album I remember it was one of the few albums he had (laughs)
0: I remember that my parents had September of my years. That's the only Frank Sinatra album they had. Yeah, they didn't even have like a greatest hits or anything. Mm-hmm. But I discovered him in college, of all places. Um, he had a little renaissance in the late '80s, um, which is pretty wild. Um, but I, uh, I thought uh, the Rolling Stones' definition of this. Uh, it's, pro- it's one of the first concept albums, and it's true. Um, it really sets a mood of, you know, a guy who's lost his girl, and he's lonely, and he's in a bar, and just kind of a sad sack. Um, and uh, it, it captures that mood very, very well. Um, so I, I think uh, you have to have Frank Sinatra in here, you know, at least one album um i would
2: say two but this is this is a terrific record Mm -hmm. um
0: so i think it belongs uh album 281 uh harry nielsen nielsen Schmielsen. are you a harry nielsen fan
1: yeah i like him i think you're a bigger fan than i am but i do like him because we've talked about him a couple times on here when i listened to this one and then we i think we talked about his documentary once
0: uh, who's Harry Nielsen? Why is everyone talking about him? Yeah, that was a good documentary. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, his first uh four or five albums are very good. Yeah, I I think I really like this. It's kind of a grab bag. It's like there's songs like all over the place. And um, you know, there's uh without you, which is the huge mm-hmm. that's the huge hit. Yeah, and I think that's his most schmaltzy kind of um you know radio friendly kind of uh um hit and uh yeah I think if you like, listen to him
1: and it, it doesn't seem like a normal harry nielsen like if you hadn't heard that as a hit you would think it was different for him you're right
0: right, right? i think he was kind of going for it trying to be a star and mm-hmm. that was uh um you know that was that's like a fm like you know number one kind of uh, big. Uh, and he went by Nielsen, too. He didn't go by Harry Nielsen. He went by Nielsen. Um, his first few albums are, I think, a lot better than Nielsen Schmielsen. Um, Did you ever hear his cover of The Beatles, You Can't Do That? No. It's really, it's clever and it's amazing because it's like a medley So the, the, the song is you can't do that, but then he weaves in about three or four other Beatles tunes that kind of go in and out of the song. It's really, really amazing. And that's what got, um, that's how the Beatles got aware of him. And, uh, I mean, Lennon and McCarty were like, uh, I think that's in the documentary where they were asked who's your favorite American uh, artist. And they, uh, and they both said Nielsen. Yeah. So um,
2: I really like this record. Um, I think there are others that are better. Um, There's uh,
0: there's Harry Um, there's um, there's also um, a touch of Schmilson in the night. Which is which is uh I like. There's Aerial Ballet. Um, those are all really good uh albums as well. Um and he wrote a few songs for the monkeys as well. Um so what monkey songs.
2: Uh he wrote uh the um he wrote cuddly toy.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, I knew that. And he also wrote uh, Daddy's Song.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um
2: So, I mean, he was like a a well-regarded songwriter as well. Um,
0: My last album is number 280, 50 Cent, Get Rich or Die Trying. Uh, I think... uh, I don't know. I was never, I was never, uh, people like 50 Cent was gigantic for a while.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, I don't know. I just never, I don't know what it is. Um, I don't have the red hot chili peppers hate <laughs> or 50 Cent, <laughs> but I never saw the big deal with this record. I, th- I mean, I not think it was bad, but I, I, people are like, this is a masterpiece of hip hop. I'm like, I don't get it
2: um i don't think it belongs um and there uh you know the big song you know in the club i'm like <laughs> you know i don't know maybe
0: i just maybe i just heard it way too many times and got sick of it
2: i yeah. remember when that song was big or when it started when it started to get big because <laughs> <laughs> we were driving home from some meeting for books a million like
1: me and a bunch of other managers and my district manager
2: yeah
1: and he was always amazed that i knew what all these songs were so he kept just flipping around on the radio asking me to name what the songs were and the only one i didn't know was was the 50 cent one because it it was new to me but this other guy who actually found out later he was a dj sometimes he knew what it was he's like no this is in the club by 50 cent <laughs> so 50 cent was responsible for breaking my streak
2: because i would named like every other song that came out of radio like immediately funny
0: that's my list that's those are my that's my immersion into rolling stones we're in the 200s. We're in fact, we could be halfway there. Wow. Amazing. Before the end of
2: the year. Yep. Um, all right. Diamond listeners are thrilled, Beef.
0: The Diamond listeners, I have. Uh, they, well, they were threatening a rebellion. They're like, listen, it could be time for mat Bags or uh, <laughs> you know, Colin Bags or <laughs> Markham bags. Markham bags. If you don't shape up, cherry bags. Yeah. Get through this list. Not Bruce bags, though. Right, Morg?
1: Oh.
0: Yeah, Morg's like, mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Morg is with me on that one.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. No Bruce
0: bags. Poor Bruce. Mm-hmm. He's so delighted with his uh, humor. Not all share his joy.
1: He's not going to be delighted when he looks outside his house in the rain and Morg is
2: out there staring at him. <laughs> A
0: chilling sight. Okay, let's move on to That's my 500
2: favorite albums.
0: All right.
2: The fun
1: continues. Now, before let's you do what this. happens this week? Beeb was puzzled as hell last week. I was. So I'm on to numbers
2: 474 to 471 tonight. Oh, boy. Catching up. Wait. No, wait.
1: 475 to 471. Yes. I do five at a time. Right. And as a bonus for our Diamond listeners, I have brought all of the CDs. Ooh. I own all five of these albums. I just, I'm going to show them to the diamond listeners to build up <laughs> the excitement.
0: The diamond listeners are now like punching each other to get <laughs> a front row seat to see Lens CDs. <laughs> Take it easy up there. We don't want to send Morg, Morg. there. Morg. I, I just said Morg and they stopped. Wow. I that's all you have to do. Best hire I've ever done. Morg. Morg restores order.
2: My first one is. Stained! Break the cycle.
0: <laughs> this album came I never, out. I never picked you for a stained fan. Yeah. So. You are, you are full of surprises.
1: Well, here's the thing about this one. A couple things about this one. One is it was gigantic,
0: they were everywhere.
1: It sold 4 million copies. Yeah. It was number one for three weeks. Stained. And so when I was doing my Ferris, I tried to be, I'm I'm trying to be honest. I'm like, I'm going to put albums I think I've listened to a good amount. Even if I'm not sure, like something like this was like, I'm like, I'm sure. Am I going to like this if I listen to it again? Because I knew I'd listen to it a lot. So I'm like, I'm putting it on there. And then I listened to it. and I'm like, it's good. I, no. I still really like it. Jams. It's jams. It's, you know, this album a little bit, at least, right? A little
0: you bit. Know, sure. it's
2: been a while, right? And yeah. uh, Outside. Do you know that song? Yes. I'm on anyway. the <laughs> And But Aaron Lewis is a great voice. And this album is, is
1: it's a rock album. I guess they call it new metal, whatever that means. N-U-Metal. What is that? Does that mean anything to you?
0: Uh, mostly nothing good. <laughs> Please don't sick morgue on me for saying that. No, I no Morgan. No, stay back. <laughs> stay back Morgan. Morg. Oh
1: yeah, it's been a while out, outside. Outside. I remember hearing outside. Not the not the version that's on the album, but hearing it on the radio. And it was like him and Fred Durst. <laughs> I was like, wait, Fred Durst can sing? And I'm like, no, that's not Fred Durst. That's the other guy. Oh. I think that's part of the reason why I got interested in the sale. I'm like, that's that's a really good song.
2: So, and then the song "Fade" was pretty popular too. And
1: (laughs) um, again, he's he's got a really good voice, and I was very pleased to and. It's kind of like the Rolling Stone Top 500 when you listen to something and you're like, oh yeah, I want to listen to that some more now. Even though these are one... A lot of these I own.
3: Mm-hmm. I mean,
1: some of them not may possibly have disappeared from my collection if there were cassettes that stopped working or I had them on vinyl and they got destroyed or whatever. But this one, still got it. Yeah. It's unfortunate though because Aaron Lewis kind of turned into a lunatic now. <laughs> One of the headlines that came up when I was researching Stained was he said that ivermectin magically cured his COVID. So, oh,
0: so he's an intellectual.
1: Yes. I see. So his his next album is going to be a duet with Aaron Rodgers. So look forward to that. It's
0: going to be called "Don't Break the Rank." Stained called- Rodgers. Called breaking ranks with Rod and uh, Aaron Rodgers, sure to be coming up, and
1: I recommend soon from us once we get our hand, <laughs> hands on that album when the
0: Packers don't make the playoffs this year. Yeah, he'll have enough time to record with Stained and their political, their political uh, treatise. Yeah. So, what's the
1: B verdict on this one then?
0: Uh, I'm going to give a respectful. Uh, and uh, supportive, hell no. <laughs> um, Morg, please. Morg, no more. Please. Morg, look over there, Bruce.
2: He's making fun of Franklin Sampson again. Run over there. All right, so
0: it was a no for that. No, I vote no. You don't like any of the songs? I, you know, I'm just not a new metal fan. It's just not, I think it's. For the most part, I'd, I'd rather listen to regular Well, metal.
2: what other bands do you think are new metal?
0: Well, that's a great question. I mean,
2: mm. I put
0: um well let's go like corn, no. Mm-hmm. Uh I put slipknot in the new metal category. Yeah. Uh I put Lincoln Park, Disturbed, and of course Limbiscuit. Biz. With I'm it. not a
2: fan of most of them, but
1: one of them will be coming up in the countdown later. Not today, but
2: now a lot of people. There's a couple listed though that I like. I like Faith No More and Incubus. Incubus. They Rage, Rage Against the Machine's okay. Yeah there's, play... yeah, there's a lot of
0: bands that aren't very good in new no. metal. So maybe they just, you know, I, I hear new metal and I think helmet. And I'm like, oh, no.
1: <laughs> Yeah, it's not a Hall of Fame list, that's for sure. Because oh. I'm scrolling through these new metal bands. All right. Yeah, there's about four out of 50 that I like on there, I
0: think. Right. It's a real scourge, a musical scourge, of, you know, but, you know, a stain, if you will. Ha, ha, ha. Yeah, but
1: that, that's another reason I think I kind of had the same thing. Like, eh, stage is that kind of... But this one's good. This one's good. Number 474. I think this album is kind of new metal but it came out in 1996. It's Wither, Blister, Burn, and Peel by Stabbing Westerford.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard this album. Really? No. <laughs> I love how incredulous you are, what you've never heard <laughs> well, uh, you're you're a big music
1: fan. I'm definitely. surprised when you haven't heard of something. Well, we run into this it. wasn't like a je- you know what's
2: interesting about this one is it's considered a hard rock album, and I guess I must have heard it on the radio and decided to buy it
1: because I read today that there's a song called what do I have to do on there? That was their most well-known song on this album. And MTV played it a lot hmm. in 1996. I guess MTV was still relevant for music. <laughs> so that, that's how this al- album did fairly well. Okay. And there was another song called shame on there. That was a modern rock hit. It charted. Yeah. And this was their only, oh my I- Felt like they did much because they had four albums from ninety four to two thousand and one, okay, and then but well, oh, it's what's funny is this year, after twenty one years, they released an the album.
0: Oh, that's interesting.
1: so I gotta give that one a listen if I can wow. find it or see if it's on streaming or anything.
0: so they put it out this year then.
1: yeah, wow. so yeah, uh, all right. Twenty-one years
0: later, it's time for more stabbing westward beef. <laughs> the world has been clamoring for new stabbing <laughs> westward content. Oh, I didn't do my—I uh, didn't do my lyric
1: for staying beef.
2: Okay, let's. And it's through. been a
1: while since I
0: could hold my head up high, and it's been a while since I said I'm sorry. Hogan likes "Stain," doesn't he? Or he likes it's. He's, he likes that. It's song. been a while. Everybody just kept singing that all the time.
1: Him and Joe.
2: <laughs> just randomly singing for no reason. Just go. It's been a while. Been a while. Yeah. And, and yeah, so I guess this one was almost like a radio. Deep, I don't even call it a deep
1: cut, but it must have been I played in like the hard rock stations in Chicago. And that's all I knew about it. Stabbing Westward. Yeah, Stabbing Westward. Yeah. What do I have to do to make you happy? What do I have to do to make you understand? What do I have to do to make you want me? From Stabbing Westward's hit, What Do I Have to Do? What do I have to do? <laughs> Nineteen ninety. <1997. laughs>
0: So that's what Beeb does not know, Stabbing Westward. Do not know Stabbing Westward. Ignorant. Let's we'll just say, be ignorant, Beeb.
1: I'm curious if any other Jagbags listeners know Stabbing Westward. Let well, us we'll know. That,
0: the, yeah, send us, drop us a line. We're on Facebook and Twitter, Instagram. If you think we should, in fact, devote an entire episode to Stabbing Westward, drop <laughs> us a note. 21 years later, a new album. A just that alone. We
1: could talk about, yes. I know you know this next album, Bees.
0: Okay, it's TLC <laughs> Crazy, Sexy, album. Cool. That's a great album, yes. Gigantic album. Oh my, yes. Chili T-Baz, yes. Left Eye, Left Eye, who burned down Aunt Andre Risen's home. I'll get
1: to that in a second. Don't screw Four, four top time. ten hits, two of them hit number one. Creep was number one for four weeks. Great song. Waterfalls was number one for seven weeks. Great song. Although I got sick of them. Red lights special you got sick of Waterfalls or I got sick of Waterfalls. Yeah, Waterfalls got played a lot. Waterfalls was on MTV all the time. All this was ninety four when MTV. Yeah. Uh, Creep is a great song, but I feel like Creep didn't get overplayed. Red Light Special was a top 10 hit, and so it was diggin' on You. I liked Creep a lot. Yeah, it's, that's the best song on the album. Agreed. Two years on the charts, the first girl group in history to make Diamond Status, just like you guys. Yes.
2: TLC was the original Diamond uh, diamond Status. What's What uh, an
1: interesting fact I dug up that relates to a podcast we did a couple weeks ago, they got their start as backing vocalists on a Jermaine Jackson solo album.
0: See, Jermaine's tentacles are run far
1: and <laughs> wide. You Said. So go home, listen to You Said by Jermaine Jackson. And you'll hear Background vocals by T-Boz, Chili, and Left
2: Eye. <laughs> Chili. You know also really good in this album? If I Was Your Girlfriend. They do a cover of that. Really good. I feel like doing the re-listen, I think that's my second favorite song after Creep on here. Right. I was really impressed with that. I'm like, I don't remember liking this song this much. And their album, not only did it do well in the States, it did well everywhere. Top five
1: in the Netherlands. And you know, we have plenty of Jag
2: Bags fans in the Netherlands. And I found out that they call three of us TLC. I am, of course, T-Boz. You are Chili.
1: And because he has also burned down a lover's home, Alex is left. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <So> <laughs>
2: The Netherlands love jag bags and they also love TLC.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: so you like this album? Very much so. They they say it's very influential
1: and very. I agree. And it was critically praised and commercially successful. Yeah. So it's pretty pretty much uh <laughs> I remember their album after this. I think it was their album after this you remember the song Unpretty? <laughs> I used to always make jokes about that song. <laughs> I always be like,
0: is it because I'm unpretty? Yeah. Anyways, we're we'll making up words. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways,
1: I'll never leave him down, though I might mess around. It's only because I need some affection. Oh, so I creep. Yeah. Just be yeah.
2: on. on
1: the down low, except nobody is supposed to know, beef. Nobody, nobody,
2: that's like my it, number so 473.
1: Yeah, <laughs> the next one is I know you're going to say no
0: to this one,
2: Anadyne Uncle Tupelo. Uh,
0: huh. well, this is going to be a very Wilco heavy uh, uh, type of a uh, list. It will be,
2: yeah. I was talking to Eric Schnabel about Wilco yesterday. Oh, I'd add hoops. Yeah,
1: because he got to go to the show. Right. He went to the Thirds. late night one. Right.
2: He got to go to the third show. And he's, he's like me. He's seen them a bunch of times and knows all their stuff. Right. So
0: Uncle Tupelo was pre-Wilco. I want to say that I like Uncle Tupelo. Oh, I, you do I, like I, Uncle Tupelo? I think it's because of the other guy, the son Volt. Uh, Jay Farrar. Yeah, I like Jay Farrar. I do like Jay Farrar.
2: Yeah, and this is,
0: <laughs> it's, it's
2: funny how many, al- I,
1: I picked another album where they're just like, broke up afterwards. <laughs> right. I guess they, not only were they having verbal altercations, Jeff Tweedy and Jay Farrar, they right. also were having physical altercations. <laughs> so it reminded me of Zwan. So it's like, <laughs> Glenn <laughs> buys the album, all right, time to break up. Time to break up. Because this was on. their fourth and final album. And, and they just signed like this contract, this multi-album contract with their record company. But the tension was so great. Jerry Ferrara was just like, I can't do this anymore. Yeah, this guy's a jag off. And I guess for this album, John Sturratt, who is in Wilco, he joined Uncle Tupelo for this album. Yeah. So basically, Tweedy took Sturratt and then the, I think the drummer was in Wilco for a while too, before mm-hmm. they replaced the drummer from Uncle Tupelo was, I think, Glenn Kotche, who's been their drummer for a long time now.
2: Yeah, yeah. And
1: this album's—it was this album was critically well received. Yep. And they tried to tour for it, and like I said, there's <laughs> so much tension. I guess they even went on Conan O'Brien's talk show at one point, and that was their one TV appearance before they probably started strangling each other. <laughs> and. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> Only The only dissenter in the critical community was our friend Robert Criscow, who said, It's not worthy of honorable mention. <laughs> <laughs> so,
0: thanks for that, Robert. Robert, uh, beneath Robert Criscow. Right.
1: <laughs> but, yeah, but I, I like this album. My favorite song on it is Chickamauga. Yep. A J. Ferrar. I'm kind of surprised that it's, it's not a Tweety song, but this is a J. Ferrar song. Yes. And when jousting is for pleasure, pleasure is way out of hand. The time is right for getting out
2: while we still can. Chickamaugas, where I've been.
0: That's a great song. I agree. Do so you like this album? I like. Well, are like, we getting a yes for this? I I will vote yes before the J. Ferrar song. Wow.
1: Amazing. Steve continues to surprise. Yes, I do like Uncle Tupelo. I think I predicted a 0 for 5 this one, but we're
0: 2-1-1. Uh,
1: we yeah. 2-1-1. Until you go home and listen to Jabbing, Stabbing Westward and go, where has this been my whole life?
2: Yeah. <laughs> and to finish up, Diamond listeners are applauding. They
1: love visuals yes they're ready rubberneck by the toad. actually they're just called toadies no the rubberneck by toadies
0: i have not heard of rubberneck by toadies really nope yeah i love your uh incredulity you incredulous like because i
1: respect your your knowledge Bee. it's a compliment it's uh, a compliment i uh, think our friends angie and sully I saw them in concert with some other group. Which I thought was funny because I knew this was coming up. Possum King, This was like a Q101 band. You know how we talked about Q101 bands last week? Yeah. They played this. That's how I heard this album. And Possum Kingdom was the biggest hit off of here. Mm-hmm. Which, which is really disturbing lyrics. <laughs> and originally people thought he was just relating a true story. But he just made it up, but it's like, how <laughs> about this guy just terrifying, terrorizing this woman? Oh boy, asking her if she wants to join God, or it's just a really creepy song. but it was a pretty big Q101 hit at least. And no, it's,
0: it's funny.' You might, the- know,
1: you might know a couple of these songs, maybe, if you listen to it. "Away, Away" got played a lot. Mm-hmm. "Mr. Love," Tyler," and Backslider came out wait, oh, i didn't write down what year it just
0: came out 94 94 yeah so i was uh ne- neck deep in the factory by then i think i was not really paying too much attention to like the music scene and um in my defense
2: yeah but it's
1: it's a, it's fun going back to these i'm glad i liked all of them
0: yeah, Toby. Totally. Yeah. I,
1: I don't think I'd listen to any of these. I don't know. I'm trying to think which one I probably I probably listened to TLC not that long ago. But the other ones, it's it's fun digging them out. Yeah. And like I said, the way I'm doing it is okay, did you listen to this a lot? Then okay, then it should be on the list. Even if now I might go, wait a minute, that's not my favorite anymore. <laughs> so that finishes me up. So they were from neck.
2: Dallas, Fort Worth.
1: By Toadies. Toadies. Grunge. They consider them grunge. I consider them more hard rock, I guess.
2: Alternative. Kind of in that gray area. To be in the shade, the oldest trees above my
1: head. When I'm away, I know in my heart there is a heaven. That's off their song Away, which isn't disturbing like Possum t- Like Possum Kingdom. That concludes it for the week. Oh, man. Pleasantly surprised. Me and Beaver are going to go jam
0: out some Uncle Tupelo. We're going to go. We're going to head down to Liquor Box and save our seats for game five. (laughs) Blasting out the Uncle Tupelo. Put on some
3: Chickamauga.
0: That's a good song.
1: Then we're going to sneak in some Wilco. We're going to convert Beave into a Wilco fan.
0: Uh, uh, any last thoughts before we wrap up our recap episode?
2: No, I'm really, I'm really
1: enjoying doing my five 500 albums, so I hope all of you listeners are as well. And again, let us know about Stabbing Westward.
0: Yes. Or Toadies. Maybe uh, if you write in and say, I love Toadies, where have you been, Beave? Uh, <laughs> Good question. In '94, I'm not sure where I was.
2: I was yeah. around
0: in the city. But, uh, mm-hmm. uh, could have been, uh, could have been doing some Aaron Rodgers like uh, things <laughs> back then. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Memory. Maybe. Yeah, I was,
1: was at ties.
0: Added. I was at ties with Beef many times. So, oh man, yes. definite possibility. Definitely a possibility. Uh, well, thanks very much for listening. Uh, please tell a friend about us. Your kind words are our best and uh, most reliable um, form of advertising. Uh, we can be found on pretty much any uh, reputable podcasting platform that includes Spotify, Apple, Amazon, you name it. We're on Twitter. There. We are
1: so close to a thousand followers on Twitter.
0: Follow us on, if you're Twitter. on Twitter and haven't followed us yet. Please follow us. We can Do reach it. a milestone of a thousand followers thousand followers. The money will soon be following right after that. Um we're also on Facebook. We're on Instagram. Check us out. Drop us a line. Uh let us know if you'd like to buy a Jag Bags t-shirt. We have them for you for sale. A steal at $20. Let us know. I'll pop one in the mail to you and you can walk around. Uh, these are very well-made shirts. Uh, they are form-fitting, flattering to all figures and uh, um, a, 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 a great buy and for a great cause, which would be our pockets. Uh, <laughs> so definite conversation starter. Uh, a definite conversation starter. Uh, thanks once again for listening. When you're ready to listen, put a little jag bags in your ear.